Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. We're here with social worker Claire Castleman of the Rogel Cancer Center's Complementary Therapies Program. Claire teaches and creates guided imagery for patients and caregivers at the Rogel Cancer Center. She also serves as a resource for other cancer organizations in the community. She has been a clinical social worker at the University of Michigan for the past 17 years. Welcome, Claire. Thanks, Scott. Since our talk today is about guided imagery, I wanted to kind of cover first, what's the difference, if there is a difference, between guided imagery and meditation? Yeah, sure. Um, and the easy answer is that guided imagery is a form of meditation. Sometimes we even hear the term guided meditation, very similar. But there are lots of different types of meditation. Probably the one we hear about the most these days is mindfulness meditation. Um, and guided imagery and mindfulness meditation share some of the same sort of results or, or outcomes and benefits. For instance, they both result in this enhanced relaxation or a desired shift in focus or a greater awareness um, that results in just being more at home within yourself and, and more in control and comfortable with the places that you're not in control, which is, of course, really very important. Um, for example, if somebody has um, pain or symptoms of depression, either mindfulness meditation or guided imagery is going to be very helpful and provide some relief. But the practice of mindful meditation and guided imagery are very different. Mindfulness meditation is more active. It requires um, paying close attention to one's thoughts or physical sensations in an ongoing, continuous sort of way. It requires pretty constant monitoring that way. Um, and you have to spend a little bit of time in practice to get the benefits. Um, but the benefits can be really very significant, and it's, it's a very powerful and potent practice, very rewarding. And I do teach it here um, in the Cancer Center. But what we've found is by far and away, the more passive nature of guided imagery is where most of our patients uh, find that reverie, find that relief um, uh, from the practice itself, because it doesn't really require being very active. You put on your headphones or you turn on your um, device and there it is with this invitation to come join and the, the just the listening aspect and letting the imagination fill in where the, the guider is taking someone, that in and of itself is really very beneficial. The guide gives enough di uh, direction to the listener so that, um, that the imagination can make it happen for that person. Um, and each guided imagery has an intention. It's crafted for a specific sort of purpose. Um, perhaps it's just relaxation or assistance with getting to sleep, which we know is huge, um, or symptom relief. It can really help with pain management, nausea, fatigue, those sorts of things. And the other thing is that most people find benefit right out of the gates. You don't have to um, become proficient necessarily with this, but it's really easily done. It's a very natural process. We all use our imagination all the time. But this is um, a way to focus the imagination. Um, it's a big plus, the fact that you can 
quickly realize the benefits because our, the people that we see here don't have a lot of energy sometimes mm-hmm. and oftentimes don't have a lot of focused attention. And the good news is that neither of those, neither much of those, is required to have a really good experience. Now, you talk about the, the focus and, and an aspect and that some people are a little bit more weaker, so to speak, and mm-hmm. so it helps them. You know, how does that help with maybe someone that has fears or anxieties as it relates to their treatment? Right. That's a really great, great question, and it's such a common experience for everyone. Hearing those words, you have cancer, mm-hmm. is such a traumatic experience, and the normal, natural human response to that is anxiety. Um, sometimes it's levels of anxiety that a lot of people have never known before, and they can feel uh, as though they've lost some sense of control. Um, but guided imagery is a way to set aside and turn the volume down on the, on the parts of the brain that really respond in an anxious fashion and turn the volume up on the, parts of the, on the other parts of the brain um, that are, are more um, holistic, more receptive, mm-hmm. um, calmer. And so it's, it's kind of a toggle switch. Um, we learn to use the breath um, through, through guided imagery um, to help us support, which changes our experience um, uh, usually rapidly and, and dramatically, that when we learn and re-experience that we can control something and it's our breath, that's a victory. And that um, levels of anxiety don't have to um, be our um, foe or, or enhance our, our fear. Um, Guided imagery isn't going to stop anxiety from happening. That's never our goal. It's so that we say, okay, you're never going to feel anxious again. The goal is to recognize it and then use the imagery in a fashion that's going to help you get more back into the driver's seat. You kind of mentioned the breath, and I, I um, full disclosure, I do um, semi-practice, some mindful meditation mm-hmm. um, and breath is one of the yes. key aspects of that and so is that one of those crossover pieces between say meditation and guided imagery absolutely yes mm-hmm. yes because the breath is so important if you've ever had a yoga class um, your yoga instructor is going to be talking about how to use your breath if you're a singer um, you learn how to or a musician you learn how to use your breath the breath is such um, is um, intricately woven into our sense of well-being at any given moment in time. So it's a really great tool. Um, when we teach guided imagery, we usually include a little 30-second breathing lesson, mm-hmm. uh, which is things like inhaling through your nose, flips the switch on your parasympathetic nervous system, um, which is an automatic down regulator. So not to become too technical, <laughs> but there's, there's chemistry um, behind the use of the breath. We've already touched on it a little bit, but how does guided imagery help in the healing process? Hmm. Well, there's to be very clear, there's no evidence that guided imagery heals cancer. That's oftentimes a lot of people's um, question. But there's a lot of evidence that guided imagery helps with management of side effects, symptoms. Um, we've talked about anxiety. Um, many patients find that really beneficial because sometimes the, for some people, the worst part are the side effects. Um, and so they, they would like to know how they can do this without adding another medication or something invasive. And so for some people, discovering that they do already have some inner resources, and if we can help them locate those inner switches, so to speak, to flip on the systems that we're all wired with, 
that can help them, that in and of itself can feel healing. Um, it, it puts people back in closer to feeling like they're in the driver's seat about managing themselves. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is, is healing and is helpful. Um, again, because many people lose confidence, find themselves in totally uncharted territory um, with cancer experiences, whether it's symptoms or side effects or the um, very present anxiety. And so guided imagery can really help um, feel like you can respond to um, a situation by helping yourself out, whether it's the breath or whether it's, it's very intentional about what it is where you're steering your imagination to help you. Um, what we know is that anxiety and worry tend to help the imagination run way out into a future that hasn't happened yet. But we respond as though it has. Uh, and that can be very disquieting and very discomforting. But guided imagery can help people really restore and reconnect with that sense of control by saying, come on back, be right here, and let's reconnect with um, the, the, the sensations of being right here in this moment um, and, and that sense of, of control and calm and quiet. Um, and then noticing that um, guided imagery can help with sleep because sleep is so critical and, and so many people come through the door and say, I haven't slept in this many days or I only sleep two hours a night or I'm up um, worried all night long. Mm-hmm. And they're very concerned because everybody knows the importance of sleep. And so to realize that they can enhance and improve their, their sleep and their sense of rest. A lot of people have fatigue. And so we use guided imagery in those situations to kind of um, boost one's sense of energy. We may do some imagery around taking a hike. Um, I work with a lot of distance runners who um, are just beside themselves because they aren't getting their endorphins and they aren't getting their run in. And so we use imagery to really replicate and, and bring up those that cellular memory, if you will, of what it's like to be on the run. And people can experience that. You know, we were talking about the healing process here, and, and, and you went into more of detail about how it um, can benefit a cancer patient. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what about the flip side? A caregiver, I mean, they mm-hmm. they struggle with fatigue. They struggle with Absolutely. a lot of other, uh, other issues as it relates to you know, being that caregiver. Can this help a caregiver as well? Absolutely. It can help any person. Um, the, the, uh, we do actually, I do actually have in our podcast library a caregiver, um, specific caregiver experience, but, the, but a caregiver can, can um, benefit from this sort of practice for sure. Um, they, they're experiencing cancer also. Hmm. And when, while they aren't the identified patient, um, they're certainly carrying it and walking through it day by day as well. Uh, it kind of sounds like it from our, our conversation that uh, guided imagery uh, could be for anyone. Is that is that the case? For the most part, it is. I, we should throw a caveat out that if someone is at high risk for delirium or hallucinations, they're probably better served by first consulting their medical provider or a psychiatric provider if they have one, just to kind of check in about that. Um, I will say that in my practice, uh, sitting down individually with people, that's always part of my assessment. I'm not going to try to put somebody in a situation that's going to be more more discomforting and disquieting for them than not. But so that's and that's a very very tiny slice um, of of um, humanity, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, 
Yes, it is for everyone, even the warriors. You know, the warriors can go to the head of the line when it comes to using guided imagery because they already have the skill. They're able to picture something and then react to it. And that's what happens um, with guided imagery. Um, as we say that the imagination getting out way ahead of us and taking control when we're worried and, and, and picturing worst case scenarios. Um, so if you can picture something going poorly, you can picture it going well. And so we take that skill, we harness the power of the imagination and guide it and direct it in the, uh, a, direct, a direction or a fashion that's more supportive uh, and, and more attuned to a patient's desires um, and hopes. You know, is there's a lot that goes into in, into this. Um, you know, do you, you know, we t- you talked about a podcast library, um, but do you also do individual um, guided imagery, self-guided imagery? Yes, indeed I do. Again, when I sit down and visit with somebody um, one-on-one, I do a brief assessment, kind of get their sense about what's most difficult and what's most bothersome, get a little bit of history about they're, they're checking in on their mental health mm-hmm. history, but but then a little bit of information about what they have found helpful or or where they find their mind and their imagination going, and then build that then into a recording specifically for them that speaks to their difficulties, but also speaks to their strengths or to their their resources. So so customizing mm-hmm. imagery is a really important piece of the work. General resources, and there's a lot of them that are available. Um, the, on our website and that, that I even have to give to people but um, I find that the customized is generally most potent. Are these services that you really only offer here at um, the Royal Cancer Center and at the University of Michigan or do you work with other organizations to be able to supply these services as well as even be a social worker? Sure, yes. The good news here Scott is that the benefits of guided imagery are widely known and that there are other agencies and organizations serving people with cancer who do utilize these. For instance, um, the cancer support community of Greater Ann Arbor, right here in our backyard, uh, does use some of my recordings and have has used some of our other resources um, available here at the Cancer Center as well. And um, I recently did um, a presentation there um, about managing anxiety around scans, and we use some guided imagery in, in that experience. Um, so I'm very happy to, to be able to be a partner with uh, these organizations like the Cancer Support Community of Greater Ann Arbor that are just so comprehensive and doing such a great job for patients and families. And so again, I guess looking back at as we talked, that um, you don't necessarily have to have a specific to you kind of recording any guided imagery you know could be useful to anyone whether um, it's been specifically made for them whether it's found on a website or uh, downloaded through an app yes true it's been uh, um, interesting to hear about how this benefits patients and caregivers and and anyone as it relates to being able to utilize guided imagery is this something that you've always had a passion for? How did you kind of move into this role? Or has this always been your, your clinical social work uh, practice? Mm. How long do we have, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've considered myself a spiritual person um, lifelong, as, as many of us have. And, but I've always been fascinated by uh, the, the potency and the power of the mind. 
uh, and breath and, and the combination of those two things. Um, there are many ways to understand the power of the mind and the power of the imagination. But when I started to study this more, I um, was seeing that a lot of the people that I was serving were just so locked into their own truth about how things are going to go, how awful it's going to be, how powerless they feel. And so um, I started exploring more about how do we, is there really a, a discipline or a practice, a resource, and discovered uh, gutted imagery and meditation at that time. And um, so I do have my own meditation practice, but I discovered over the years, as I said earlier, that, that guided imagery is just much more accessible for most people and more readily um, experienced and used. Um, so the first group I ever worked with were people that were in a, a partial day program for substance abuse. And so I was asked to come in and, and do um, some guided imagery and meditation for them. So we established the higher power half hour. <laughs> and basically it was a half an hour of guided imagery, non-invasive, um, that people were latching onto as, oh wait, I can alter my sense of any moment or my sense of myself um, without chemicals. Wow. And so it just kind of grew from there mm -hmm. until I finally found what felt like hand and glove to me within the, the oncology community. Right. You know, so you, you talked about the... Um what was the half hour? Higher power, higher half, power hour. half hour. You know, so obviously you could see during that maybe how that was affecting mm -hmm. um, and maybe improving uh, those people. Um, have you, you know, have you make these individual um, guided imagery recordings? Have you um, actually uh, seen the benefit to uh, some of your patients? Oh, yes, I have, and I hear the benefits as well. One that comes to mind is a woman who was preparing for chemotherapy. So we met before she had her first chemotherapy. She was smart and she knew that it was gonna be difficult for her and that it would be really wise to look at how am I gonna manage myself through this. And um, so we had a session, gave her some resources, we did a breathing lesson um, and, and had a great talk. Um, and I knew that her, her first treatment was going to be in two days. And I knew when it was scheduled and I just wanted to pop down and say hello to her. By the time I got to the infusion unit, um, I could see that the, the nurses were with her and I could see that she was physically very uncomfortable and struggling. She had had trouble as she had anticipated, but she also had already started to employ the breathing techniques. She was already well down the road toward helping herself through this very difficult episode. And I was so happy for her and so impressed to see that she had the um, presence of mind but and the faith in herself to be able to just dip into the breath and do as she had planned. Normally I usually wrap up um, these talks with a quick summation. You know, what's a key point for somebody to take away? I think today um, could we end with a short guided imagery? Oh, sure. Sure. So I'm going to just settle into a very comfortable position and invite anybody who's listening to settle into a comfortable position, which may mean feet on the floor, which may mean the spine aligned with the shoulders and the head in a fashion that really feels supported. And just close your eyes if you are so inclined. There's no requirement to close eyes. But just realize that these next few moments are intended just for you. These next few moments. You're not needed by anybody for anything anywhere. 
And so to just begin by tuning into your breath and just noticing your breath. You don't have to work at it or change anything, but just notice how your breath inhales and exhales. See if you can inhale through your nose easily and fully, and then exhale through either your mouth or nose, whichever is more comfortable. Inhaling and filling with nourishment and replenishment, and exhaling to send out any spent energy, any fatigue, or even constriction. And notice that with each breath, there's an increased sense of ease, maybe even noticing as you exhale that softening of your muscles, that opening in your chest or in your belly, maybe that release of tension in your hands or your jaw, your neck or shoulders. Inhaling to receive and exhaling to release. Nice, lovely, luscious exhalation to let it go. In these moments, just simply taking any tension or discomfort and setting it down. Maybe like setting your bag down or taking that heavy backpack off and just setting it down. And noticing that you can send each successive breath lower and deeper into your body and into your being. And when those thoughts arise and compete for your attention, there's no need to engage or try to analyze or interpret. Just let thoughts be like bubbles in the glass floating to the surface and released. Likewise, with any emotions that may come up, let them too just bubble up without attachment or engagement and let them just simply be released like steam forming into a cloud. Always bringing your attention back to your breath. Your steady and constant companion that helps you settle, center. And just watching your breath and noticing that your joints continue to soften, your muscles soften. And now see if you can use your mind's eye to take you to a place where you know you're free. A place with no deadlines, no responsibilities. A place of safety and peace. Maybe it's a place you've visited on vacation or a place you dream of going. Maybe a safe and protected and warm place from your childhood. Or maybe it's in your comfortable chair next to the picture window in your home. Allow yourself to go there and see yourself arriving there. And if you're having trouble deciding and settling on a place, just simply take a nice inhalation and as you exhale, allow this place of peace and beauty and comfort and fun and familiarity to come into being. And taking it in. See yourself there. Maybe pan the view from right to left or left to right. Noticing the light, the time of day. Are there long shadows? 
of morning or evening, bright full sun, of midday. And what colors do you see? Maybe you can see the sky. Maybe it's bright blue. Maybe there's puffy white clouds or little streams of cirrus clouds through the sky. Maybe you can see vegetation with greens and earth tones, maybe pops of color and blossoms. Maybe you can see the deep, dark greens of the forest or the bright light and the, the, the gorgeous colors of the meadow. Maybe you're looking out onto water and see all the gradations of green or aqua or aquamarine or gray. Maybe even seeing white caps if you're looking at waves or maybe seeing the, the sky reflected in the surface of the water. Just taking it in and noticing too what you can hear. Maybe a breeze or birds. Maybe the movement of water. And what do you smell? What aromas are here? The fragrance of blooming things. Maybe your favorite meal being prepared or a mug of your favorite coffee or tea. Maybe you can lick your lips and taste the salt air. Maybe you're seated on something comfortable. Maybe you have your hiking boots on and you can feel the pine needles on the path in the forest. Maybe you have sand between your toes. This is a place to which you've called yourself for connection. Connection to the beauty that you see here, to the energy and the vibrancy of this place. Connection to what it is to be in a safe place, to be in a more peaceful state, just taking it all in and just noticing how it feels to be here. You carry these sensations deep within yourself at all times. This place readily available to you anytime you choose to use your breath in just a few brief moments to come here. To come for reconnection to the beauty, reconnection to your calm, your core and reservoir of strength and peace. Reconnection perhaps to your highest self, your hopes, your dreams. Reconnection to this sense of awe and gratitude. And maybe there's something specific for which you're grateful. And if so, just simply take note and tuck it away for later. It'll come to you when you need or want it. Gratitude is such a powerful ally. And knowing that this place and this space is always available to you, you can return at any time of your choosing. So just for now, take one more look and listen around, taking in the colors, the sounds, the aromas, the flavors, the sensations, the warmth of the sun on your face or back, the breeze moving past your face, 
calm the surrounding, refreshing. Taking it all in, and just for now, with gratitude, begin a brief trip back to your current location and finding yourself there, feeling your feet on the floor, supported and comfortable on whatever you're seated upon or whatever you might be reclining upon. And when you're ready and refreshed and reconnected, you can be here, whole, present, and so you are. Well, thank you. You're welcome. That was very good, and I appreciate the time. Oh, my pleasure entirely. I wish you the best, Scott, and as well as all our listeners. Thank you for listening, and tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at umrogocancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org. 